Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan, and Jordan will be back with us next week. But we have one final interview from the Fly Convention that we would like to present to you as we uh, wrap up our series talking to people at Fly 2023 out at Estes Park, Colorado. It was a huge privilege to be able to get to meet many of you, to be able to introduce ourselves, to be able to hear what God is doing in your ministries, and we hope that you're doing well uh, after the fly convention, as as you prepare for this upcoming school year, but uh, many of you noticed that this last month, as we went through the interview questions, a lot of the responses wound up being about two, three minutes or so. This particular question I asked uh, churches wound up being quite a bit longer, and we decided that it would be worth uh, not just trimming this down and not just cutting it all up and editing down to fit the normal episode length, but to allow this to be its own unique episode. And Jordan and I will be talking about this a little bit more next week. But for now, sit back and enjoy the responses from our churches in Foston, Minnesota, and from Ruthred Free Lutheran in Pennsylvania. We're in the main lodge, and they're at a table here where people are making bracelets, I'm guessing, and there's just a lot going on here with colors. I can't quite describe the colors. It's just a odd conglomeration. I'm here with people. Uh, they're going to introduce themselves and we'll get asking the questions for today. And we're going to start with you and we're going to go around. Um, say your name and where are you from? Hello, my name is Annika Landsberg and I am from Boston, Minnesota. Hi, I'm Caleb Cox and I'm from Monongahela, Pennsylvania. Uh, my name is Colton Cox and I am from Laurel, Nebraska. Monongahela, that's, a, that's, that's the forest, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> forest area? That's a heck of a name. I love it. Okay, so questions we're asking today. Um, when do you feel most valued and appreciated by your church? Uh, I'd probably say I feel most valued and appreciated just whenever I'm recognized as being a person, um, just being called out by name. Being a younger person in the church a lot of times, and especially with an older congregation, um, people see me, but they might not know who I am and what I'm all about. And so whenever people acknowledge me and say they like what I'm doing or they're just glad to see me. It really means a lot because a lot of times um, the older people can be secluded to their own communities. You agree with that? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, one thing that's really special in my church is that my uh, Sunday school teacher is a lot older than the youth. And so that provides us a unique opportunity when we're talking with him and um, doing other various activities that sometimes the youth and the older individuals can be more involved. Um, And that is, I think, special to be able to talk to people across maybe generational lines and things. But also, as my church is very small, uh, Calvary Free Lutheran, there are lots of opportunities to be involved and do things like read scripture and youth Sunday and I think all of those things um, are really important to help people like not only just attend church every Sunday but to remember that they're an active part of it if they want to be. Sure. 
Colton? Yes. You were on, you were on earlier this month. I was. As... <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm a youth director now, but whenever I was a youth, I grew up in Ruthford Lutheran Church. And one thing that really stood out to me whenever I was a bit younger was um, we always had prayer partners or um, older members of our congregation that prayed for you whenever you went into confirmation and continued praying for you throughout um, your life. And something that's always been encouraging to me is I knew that uh, Pastor Adam Osier was praying for me whenever I was in confirmation. He cont- I know he still continues to pray for me faithfully to this day. So I guess prayer for the younger people from older members of the congregation is really valuable. Sure. Can I say one more thing? What's that? Um, another thing that I know for me has been really special is as much as it might not be the normal Lutheran thing to do. Oh, hold on. This is a Lutheran <laughs> podcast. I... As much as it's not the normal Lutheran thing to do, maybe, sitting in the front row and not the back row um, is something special that we do at our church. The Arneson boys, when they were in youth group, um, got all the youth to start sitting in the front row as a youth group. And that is one thing that I think really helps you stay engaged and be a part of it as opposed to just the random guy in the back. And you guys still do that? Oh, yeah. All the oh, time. that's pretty cool. It's really special. So the second question here for us is, what is an area that you wish you had more influence in in your church? Like, if there was one thing that you could just take leadership on, what would you say that is? Um, I think just one thing maybe not take ownership of, but one thing that I think is really valuable um, where I grew up and something that is not necessarily instilled in all of our AFLC congregations is um, voting at confirmation age. I think it's really valuable and really important. Um, A lot of congregations also in their constitution say vote at 18. And I think, personally, I think that gets confusing for youth whenever we say, you're accepting your faith, you're involved in the local congregation, but we don't necessarily trust you enough to vote. I think it can be confusing for youth. So I guess if you were to ask me one area that I'd say, you know, to take ownership of, I'd say if we're giving the, if we're giving the youth of our congregation the keys to leadership and serving, I think we should also be giving them the keys to be able to vote within the local congregation. I think that's very important. And to be clear, you're over 18, Colton. Yeah, I'm 22. So you, you can vote, but yeah. you're talking about the other kids. Yeah, I think there's a lot of insightful young people in our congregations that are under the age of 18 that should have a right to vote. Yeah. yeah. I, I second that opinion. I recently turned 18, and so I have not yet had the opportunity to vote um, at a church meeting. But I remember being confused about that. I, during that confirmation age and older, I remember having a necklace that I always wore that had the verse on it, uh, do not let people look down on you because of your youth. And being confirmed and whatever, um, the church you know, was telling you, like, you're an accepted member of the congregation now. And I remember going to my mom um, and being like, okay, what does this mean? Like, if I'm a member, do I get to vote? Do I get to do all those things? And um, even though I was accepted by the church, I still had to wait until my legal voting age. And I maybe didn't mind so much um, right away because a lot of annual meeting things are just little details and stuff like that. But recently, we actually called a new pastor. And within the last um, two years, we went through that whole process of the congregation voting on a pastor and all those things. And I certainly had my own opinions about that. And I think it is 
important too in situations like that, the pastor is not only preaching to the congregation. The pastor is very involved with the youth ministry and with the kids themselves. And kids aren't going to necessarily want to spend time in church and enjoy their time in church if the pastor is not connecting with them. And so that definitely is a voice that needs to be heard. That's a, that's, wow. That's actually a really, really good point. So follow-up question on yeah. that. What would you say to having a student uh, somewhere probably after post-confirmation to 18, somewhere in the high school range, what would you say to having somebody like that on a call committee for a pastor? I, as I've never been on a call committee, I guess I'm not 100% familiar with whether or not that has to be a unanimous vote or not. Um, but I do, I do think there could be some value in that for sure. Because um, I think teens do bring a unique perspective to the table too. And I mean, that's part of the whole point. We're here now with the Fly Convention and it's all about empowering our youth and teaching them. And people here definitely don't think that we, we don't understand things. And um, there is definitely a lot with the youth ministry and all those things and connecting with the pastors that I've seen in other towns around me. Um, youth groups disappear and a lot of kids stop going to church because of maybe not getting along with the pastor and not connecting with them. So yeah, I think that could be could be really important. I, I agree with the, the sentiment a lot that just because you're in high school doesn't mean that you don't have something to bring to the table, especially in regards to the direction of a church and the stuff that can be going on there, um, especially because like a lot of times as, as teenagers going up to 18 and especially below that, a lot of people will look down at you for your youth in that way and will discredit what you, your spiritual maturity is just based off of what your physical maturity is. And I think a lot of times um, being a youth that can feel, um, I don't want to say demeaning, but kind of disheartening because uh, I know I was on a nominating committee for the um, council members of my church last year, a couple years ago, I'm not sure, I can't remember. And I remember um, the whole point of that was that in our church, Ruthford, in our committees, the goal is to have at least one youth present, um, which is super, super awesome. But also though, especially in the name of a nominating committee, and I think I was 16 at the time, like I, I wasn't fully aware of everybody that was being nominated and stuff like that. Um, so, not that me being there wasn't worth anything or that I was discredited for being on that committee, but the fact that I could have had an impact and could have provided um, interesting input that was completely different than the viewpoint of all of the adults there, I think is very, very useful and should be acknowledged. Yeah, and just from a, from a staffed point of view, I guess, I would say it can provide a lot of clarity. If we say, if we believe what we say about confirmation and its value and what it means for the youth, I think there should be no restriction as far as a youth being able to serve on a call committee. Just being transparent and clear about what we're saying that means, I think that there's, I don't think there should be anything stopping a youth from being able to put, be put on that position unless you see some sort of character issue conflicting with being on that committee but that's up to the elders and the other people in your congregation to decide but as far as their actual qualifications if you confirm them you're saying that they have personally confirmed their faith and that they should be able to be a functioning member of the congregation every avenue i would say 
I think back to an example too at our church. Um, when I was younger, maybe eighth or ninth grade, we called a new youth pastor. And the call committee was all adults. And I had actually, his brother had been our previous youth pastor. And so I had an opportunity to interact with him as he was helping and assisting in those youth group settings, which none of the people on the call committee had been there and had like seen him actually try to do youth group, but they were trying to decide whether or not he was a good candidate. And my mom happened to be on the committee, and I remember her asking me about it because like she really had no idea. And I think that was valuable too for them because it was a little confusing. Like, wait, you guys haven't ever been there. You've never came to a youth group and you're trying to pick this guy. Why don't you just like actually ask me, you know, like we know we can give our opinion. This is really insightful, guys. I'm glad to hear that you're actually thinking somewhat critically about this. And, you know, we do want, we do talk about taking kids seriously, giving them responsibilities. Why do you suppose that they just are reluctant to do that specifically regarding what you're talking here about voting earlier. I think a lot of times and this isn't to talk down about anybody or how they might go through how they do things, but I think a lot of times it's comfortability and trust. Cuz um I know at least in my church a lot of times it can be seen almost as if the youth group is uh, a separate action almost because um, being being with an older congregation like the youth group is oftentimes kind of separate from the regular stuff that goes on with all of the other normal um, attendees at, reg- at like regular services and stuff like that and our youth group I think is unique in the way that over a majority of it is not from our church congregation uh, a large a large amount of our youth group is from other churches around the area that may or may not believe in AFLC um, doctrine. And so a lot of times these members of our youth group who we are super close with and who a bunch of of those kids are here uh, this week at Fly um, learning all of this stuff, they they don't attend church. And so a lot of our congregation doesn't know anybody from our youth group because they don't see them at church. And, like, living in a place like Bethel Park is where the church is located, there's, it's, it's a high population as, as juxtaposed to Lower Nebraska, where Colton's church is at. And so it's not a place where everybody knows everybody. And a lot of these, I feel a lot of times people might see us running around the church and they're like, oh, there's those youth group kids again, but they don't really know any of us because a lot of times they aren't around the church and they only show up to youth group. I do think that Caleb has has a really good point when he says that sometimes the youth group can be separate from the rest of the church body. I think um, even in my own church, the adult Bible study um, can meet the same day as the youth group, but we have our two separate rooms. We maybe get there and leave at separate times. And yeah, they see the youth, you know, playing games and being loud right outside their prayer room, let's say, and causing a ruckus. And it can be easier to be an older individual who, you know, maybe hasn't played games in many, many years. It was kind of, you know, a little bit removed from that and just thinking like, oh, look at all these kids being rambunctious and youth ministry is not daycare in the church you know there's real ministry going on there and there's real spiritual growth going on there and um 
kids, even though they're young, they have a lot of experience to bring to the table. And it's a unique thing to be going through, you know, high school, middle school, making big life decisions like where to go to college. Um, that's not any less valuable than any of these other things. And so, yeah, I think it, it can be tough. It does get a little bit removed when adults have their Bible study and kids have their youth group and you maybe don't know them personally. And, and yeah, we have some kids too, definitely, that come from other churches uh, for youth group, but... Yeah, I think that's a really good point about the the daycare comment because I feel like a lot of times that can be looked at by all of the people in the church is like, well, there's those kids. It can feel like it, yeah. Yeah, but well, whether, get it. whether that's spoken or not. Yeah, like, and I'm sure if you were to say, do you view youth ministry as a daycare? They, no, of course not. But it can feel like yeah, it, is what you're yeah, saying. like we're watching the kids. But I know personally, being a part of the youth group since I was in sixth grade, now I'm graduated from high school. Um, We've had people not from the church come to the youth group and come to Christ. I know several of which have gone through the Bible college at this point. And it's, it's that that honestly makes me feel like sometimes the youth group and youth ministry is one of the strongest ministry, ministry outreaches in the entire church. Which I think can get discounted a lot of times whenever just being looked at from that kind of outsider standpoint. Because they don't know what's going on. One, one last thing that occurred to me during this conversation is speaking about the whole college thing and moving on. That's a place I'm currently in in life right now. I'm 18, just graduated high school, and uh, haven't fully made my decisions for next year yet. But I know something that gets stressed a lot at my age is, you know, fear that parents and other church members have that a lot of kids do go off to, maybe if they don't go to the Bible school, go off to a secular college and you know, maybe don't establish themselves in a church in that place or, you know, put as much value as maybe they should on getting into a new congregation and being involved. And it would be interesting. I mean, I, I don't know I, this at all, but it would be interesting to me maybe if kids growing up had more involvement in the church and voted and were heard more other than just being kids who were brought by their parents or something like that. Maybe they would be more inclined to see the value in that and connect themselves more quickly once they go off to college because they're used to being connected in a really significant way where their decisions and inputs were heard. Yeah, and I never actually answered the second question. Like, what is one, <laughs> what is one thing that I would go about changing or maybe... How, do you, how would you want to be involved as, uh, in leadership in your church? I'm not really sure about being involved in leadership because like, I've, I've run VBS and our high school and our middle school youth group is separate. And for the past three years, I've been volunteering, helping out with the middle school youth group. And we've had some some youth leader shifts and stuff, so we've had new people come in, and through that, I've been kind of helping out more than I had expected to, but I think one thing that's super, super important that gets overlooked a lot is following high school-age kids after they graduate and into college, because it is super frequently where you see your high school kids leave your church, and then you never see them again. And that's something that I've been recently made aware of. And we've, we've kind of started up stuff like that to try and keep in touch with that. But not losing those, pe those kids that grow up and then maybe don't establish themselves. So staying in touch with them, making sure that they are rooted. That's kind of why we're asking this. is because I think there are leaders that are in our church body that are hopefully listening to this at this point. Um, and they are trying to find ideas. Um, maybe they thought about it and they're not exactly sure how to start and you know sometimes we just don't even think to ask the students that are in our churches like 
how do you want to be involved? And then actually doing it. So, no, appreciate this as well. But. Yeah, I think what you said there kind of sums up the core of what we've been talking about. <laughs> it's like, you, to say, you know, these churches would be so excited to have someone in their young 20s to have a youth perspective come and they want to actively draw that but it can seem really confusing to graduate and go off to college and then you're told like oh please come you know we're so excited to have you it just can come off as if someone's saying I just please like to save your life I need to attach you to this church so you don't run away when you haven't grown up feeling like why was my input not valuable when I was 15 and now all of a sudden I'm 20 and everybody wants my opinion you know so that's that's really the transition there like gradual transition getting involved um, as a normal thing as opposed to just suddenly being college age and being called then to come back by everybody that's really good Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for those. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.